sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 uh, for this big Monday. Uh, meanwhile, uh, of course, uh, professional games, uh, NFL action yesterday, uh, hot and heated uh, NCAA games over the weekend. A couple of big scores, a couple of surprises. And uh, later on, we'll have Coach uh, Ryan Antoine on with uh, Westgate Tigers, who suffered a defeat uh, Friday night. Uh, meanwhile, other high school teams uh, they had some success. Well, on the third segment this morning, we'll have Bob Rose on uh, at a quarter to eight. He'll talk about the uh, Big Saints win yesterday, where they, they looked pretty good yesterday, considering. But in the meantime, of course, Major League Baseball action, too, uh, as the playoffs are underway uh, for the National League and uh, Division Championship, American League. And, of course, our Always Today in Sports. And one highlight, too, we'll talk about uh, later on uh, in the fourth segment. But uh, yesterday... Uh, the late game uh, yesterday, uh, I should say the evening game, the 49ers just show how dominant they are as they take down the Cowboys 42-10 uh, to 10, uh, in action yesterday. And it just um, – uh, Brock Purdy looks like one of the best deals ever in uh, NFL history. Is, uh, wasn't he the last pick in the draft uh, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's shown his wares uh, just uh, – Throwing the football down the field, of course, when you have a running back like McCaffrey, uh, it, it surely helps. And uh, Kittle catches three touchdown passes yesterday, and the Cowboys get riddled. But when I look back now, the Cowboys entered the game 3-1. and one. They beat the Giants. They beat the um, Patriots. And they also beat uh, a, a decent team, I want to say, in that uh, third team. But uh, they got riddled by the Arizona Cardinals uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'm starting to think that maybe uh, – and I think the 49ers came in like maybe a three-and-a-half-point pick in that game. And uh, they just had liberty uh, with the Cowboys all during the game. And uh, the uh, league's best uh, team dismantled the league's best defense as San Francisco won its 15th straight – regular season game over that time period and uh they looked pretty good yesterday they did and uh Brock Purdy uh along with uh, his cast of stars with uh Samuel Ayuk and uh running back Caffrey Kittle they've got some players on that team so uh San Francisco 15th straight regular season game uh Cowboys go down 42 to 10 last night in another game uh over in uh Mario England the Jaguars uh, who were the Bills uh, last week, uh, put up 48 points, held the Bills to 20, uh, made Josh Allen look like a, a regular guy in that game. Uh, uh, I, you know, the the final score uh, somewhat um, not really consistent with the way that game was. I think it was 17-3 to or 10-3 uh, right. uh, early into the fourth quarter. And I'm like, what happened to the Bills? Then both teams traded uh, touchdowns back and forth for a while, but – Really uh, inconsistent with Buffalo's uh, abilities. Uh, don't know what's happened to that offense this year. Heard uh, complaints about the turf there at yeah, really? uh, the stadium. In, were they play in Wembley? I didn't called it cement. Uh, I think they played in the. It starts with a T. Okay, I can't help uh, you. Hofspower, something okay. Hofspower. Well, anyway, of course, Jacksonville, weren't they in London last weekend? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. And I was people, uh, I was just trying to gauge. Uh, did anyone have an advantage there? Did New England, I mean New England, did uh, Jacksonville have an advantage having stayed there for a week? They played at a different stadium. They didn't they play did. at the same London stadium. But uh, Or did the Bills have an advantage? Because they didn't have to stay in England that whole week. Uh, um, but then again, was Jacksonville more acclimated because they had been there? I don't know. Uh, and, and it's interesting, Buffalo was the home team yesterday, even though Jacksonville sort of feels like the home team there in London. And uh, during that game, uh, I watched a little bit of it uh, uh, during the morning hours, I should say. It kicked off around 8.30, and uh, I just thought the Jaguars, Lawrence did a good job getting the ball down the field, and uh, uh, you were wondering, Buffalo, I want to say, had like three first downs compared to uh, Jacksonville's 10 or 12 at the time. They just uh, they weren't in sync, so uh, interesting. 
Meanwhile, the Chiefs uh, yesterday uh, down the Vikings 27-20. to Patrick Mahomes is the 10th quarterback in NFL history to defeat 31 different franchises and the first to do so before turning 30. Mm. Uh, so uh, Mahomes, uh, again, uh, the Chiefs. But the Vikings late in the game had an opportunity. Uh, of course, they had a sack. The game ended on a sack. When did Jefferson exit? Do you know? Uh, he had an injury and a timetable. It had to be in the third quarter somewhere okay. in there. Uh, with that. Uh, um, but uh, the Chiefs, uh, uh, like I said, the Vikings had a chance to win that game. They got a couple breaks, the Chiefs did, and uh, were able to go on to defeat the Vikings up in Minnesota yesterday. Meanwhile, the Steelers uh, held uh, Lamar Jackson in check as they beat uh, the Ravens 17-10. to Pittsburgh scored 17 unanswered points to beat uh, the Ravens for the sixth time in seven tries this decade. So uh, division rivals, too, for that matter. So uh, anyway, uh, the Steelers going to win a game and uh, played pretty well. Uh, picket to picket uh, was a long score in that game. Also, elsewhere in the evening game uh, yesterday, the Eagles uh, show that they're uh, uh, gonna be uh, tough to beat. The defending uh, NFC uh, conference champs. Uh, they beat the Rams yesterday in a, in a pretty entertaining game, twenty-three to fourteen. It was yet another narrow victory, but Jalen Hurts and the Birds remain undefeated as they take down the Rams. Uh, and the Rams uh, with uh, Cooper Cup back uh, looked pretty good early in the game, but uh, Eagles uh, made it stand as uh, uh, Stafford uh, was harassed pretty well by the uh, Eagles' defense late, and uh, the Eagles come away with a big win. Meanwhile, the Dolphins uh, take down the Giants 31-16 to as uh, Devon Arcane, uh, the fine running back, has another big monster game, runs for 151 yards in a TD, and Miami broke uh, the 2,000 Rams record for the most yards through five games. They've already got 2,568 yards. And, of course, uh, last week Miami got hammered by the Bills, who put 48 on them, and the Miami can only get 20. Uh, today they get 31. They uh, beat the Giants. Giants uh, who are having their issues, and I want to say uh, I want to say Jones uh, was hurt yesterday sometime during that game. Quarterback for the Giants, not sure. I do believe uh, he was. Yeah, when he went down in that game, but uh, I'd seen uh, some highlights where we were sitting on the sideline as another Giant player was taking over. Meanwhile, uh, elsewhere, the Colts. Uh, they downed the Titans. Uh, Indianapolis won in Jonathan Taylor's return, but lost quarterback Anthony Richardson. Looked like he's got some kind of shoulder injury on his throwing shoulder, his right side. Uh, uh, not uh, sure how serious it was, but he did come out the game. But uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't the running back in that game. It was Moss, who had a long touchdown run in that game and ran for a, a bunch of yards in that ball game. So uh, as the Colts take down the Titans, 23-16. to 16. One little note, Tajay Spears scored his first NFL touchdown yesterday, former two-lane running back on a reverse of about, uh, I want to say about 30 yards out. Uh, play, played another good game for, for the Titans. Meanwhile, you hate to say it, but it's take down the Texans by a score of 21-19. to C.J. Stroud, uh, of a most passing out of career without an interception. He's thrown 177, but Atlanta got the win on uh, a late walk-off field goal as they downed the Texans by a score of 21 to 19. I think now the Falcons are, I do believe, 3 and 2. Carolina's 0 and 5, along with uh, Carolina, I believe, had the, the day off yesterday. No, Carolina uh, lost to Detroit yesterday. They yeah, got that's hammered. right. Who, I thought somebody had the day off in uh, the division. Green Bay, I know. Could have been Tampa. That's who it was. I stand corrected. Uh, it was Tampa. Anyway, you're right. The Lions knocked off the Panthers 42-24. to And, you know, the Lions are starting to look pretty good as uh, Jerry Goff beat Br- uh, Bryce Young in a battle for the number one picks as Carolina fell to 0-5. They remain the only team without a win this season. And uh, the Lions, again, looked pretty good yesterday uh, as they downed the Panthers. Uh, but, as we said, uh, Oh, and five. Don't think they're the worst team in the league. They just haven't fought uh, fought through uh, and won a game yet. And young quarterback uh, Bryce Young being thrown to the wolves to start his career and just not uh, paying dividends yet. But we'll we'll see if it does down the line. Yes, and uh, in the meantime, uh, they've played some pretty good teams. So. 
Also, uh, the Jets and the Broncos had a big game as Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett got revenge over the team that fired him. But, you know, the controversy in that game wasn't about the uh, Denver firing him. It was about uh, Sean Payton made a comment last year, I think, when he was doing some analysis. During the summer. Yeah, you know. analysis of the Denver team and uh, made a comment that Nathaniel Hackett was the worst coach. <laughs> I, I don't know if he called out anyone in particular, but he but he suggested and and what he was trying to do was talk up his players saying you know it wasn't just uh the quarterback russell uh you know it was uh poor coaching uh, they didn't coach up these players and hackett of course got offended by that and everyone circled that week five game then to see what would happen amongst them uh, and again you know the hackett was fired because they were a bad team and sean payton inherited a bad team and they've only won one game against a bad team. And, you know, I'm not shocked that the Jets won that game uh, whatsoever. Although I would have thought uh, the players uh, for the Broncos would have stepped up a little bit better uh, knowing that their coach uh, tried to defend them in the offseason. Yeah, and with that, of course, uh, uh, Hackett got a little revenge uh, with that comment that Peyton Got the game made. ball, too. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the Jets' defense is pretty good. Uh, you got to remember, Miami put 70 on the Broncos' defense a few weeks ago, uh, which hadn't been done in years uh, in the meantime. So, uh, Sean Payton may be scratching his noggin a little bit. wonder if he took the job he should have. In the meantime, uh, searching for another win. Of course, and the Jets' defense is really not bad. Uh, they just uh, – a lot of criticism about Zach Wilson. But uh, he, give him time. He'll come around, I think. Uh, he's got some talent. Just needs to put it in gear. Meanwhile, the Bengals uh, down the Cardinals yesterday, 34 uh, to 20, as Jamar Chase, 190, almost 200 yards in receiving, three touchdowns, as Cincy's offense topped 30 points for the first time this season. And I do believe Joe Burrow put the ball up. Uh, God, an ungodly amount of times. I want to say 50-something times yesterday as he put it up in the air uh, with that. And it looked pretty good. Not sure if the muscle strain uh, uh, in his calf gave him any issues yesterday. But uh, they beat down the Cardinals 34-20 uh, to 20 in a big ball game. As we mentioned at the uh, th- uh, third segment, we'll have Bob Rose on to give his commentary about the Saints. Saints win big yesterday, 34 to nothing over a Patriots team. Is Right now it looks like just a shell of a team as uh, – the Saints uh, uh, just manhandled them. Denver has been outscored 72-3 to over the last two games, and quarterback Mac Jones has been benched twice. Uh, not great. Still QB1, though. Oh, he is. <laughs> he is. And uh, with that, of course, the Saints uh, just played well yesterday all around. Alvin Kamara had a pretty good game, carried the ball, I believe, 22 times for about 80 yards. And uh, 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 Derek Carr had, had a good game getting the ball down the field, uh, a couple of nice catches uh, uh, by uh, Olivia uh, uh, with during that game, and also uh, Mike Michael uh, Thomas made a great catch uh, and got popped pretty good. But uh, the Saints go on with a big win, thirty-four to nothing over uh, the New England Patriots, who uh, are, who are reeling right now. And uh, uh, with that, we'll see how that all uh, take place. Meanwhile, um, other scores around the uh, college football world. Some big games over the weekend. Of course, the Cajuns and the Tigers both uh, pull out wins uh, late as LSU downs. Um, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, God, excuse me right now, uh, beat uh, Missouri 49-39 on a late pick six. Don't know if Missouri had enough time. I'm trying to recall in that game Saturday afternoon if they had enough time to get down the field. They, they had enough to worry me because I had the number eight in a pool. Okay. And I was worried that uh, Missouri could come back. They had enough time but didn't. Yeah, but that pick six. And, and again, there was a ten-point ten lead at that point. Yeah, and that pick six pretty much sealed the game for the uh, Tigers, as they, who will face Auburn in Tiger Stadium this weekend. So, uh with that, also UL watched a little bit of that game too uh, Saturday uh, afternoon as uh, they got to come back strong. Uh, TJ Finley uh, uh, was putting a number on them, uh, throwing the ball down the field, and also running effectively against the UL defense. But a block kick late in the game, uh, kind of UL survives. Uh, they end up winning 34 to 30. 
uh, and a big win for their program uh, to take down Texas State. Of course, T.J. Finley, original uh, LSU Tiger out of Ponchatoula, who transferred to Auburn and then left Auburn after a couple years over to Texas State. It put up some pretty big numbers. Uh, of course, UL intercepted him. He had only thrown one during the year as UL picks up a big win by the score of 34-30 to 30, uh, with that. Meanwhile, other scores around the state in uh, Division One. Uh, of course, last Thursday night, uh, Western Kentucky beat La Tech 35-28. South Alabama just hammered UL Monroe and Terry Bowden's group up there, the Warhawks, 55-7 to over the weekend uh, in that. Other big games around the country uh, with regards to college football. If, uh, if you missed the Texas-Oklahoma game, Oklahoma scores late to win that game 34-30 to up in Dallas in the uh, Cotton Bowl as the uh, uh, Sooners uh, find a way uh, to win after last year getting beat 49 to nothing by Texas uh, in that big ball game, which they play in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl every year. I think they've played every year since 1929 and pretty much those uh the rivalry is pretty even too over the, the years uh with the numbers elsewhere in a big game uh that night uh Notre Dame uh was riding pretty good even though they got beat by Ohio State in the last play of the game uh, Louisville shows they can play some football as a Louisville Cardinals beat uh, the Fighting Irish 33-20, to and uh, pretty much uh, Louisville pretty much dominated yeah, yeah, that yeah. game. Yeah, I watched a little of it, uh, not all that much, especially when it seemed as though Notre Dame just wasn't in a position to come back. Uh, I switched, uh, I forget to what, but uh, no, they never looked like they were ready to win that game. They they just didn't, and at uh, Louisville, they man, they... They just wanted it more during yeah. the course of that game. You could tell. And uh, the Irish uh, lose their second game uh, uh, in a row as they lost to Ohio State earlier uh, in the week uh, as Ohio State beat them, as I mentioned, on the last play of the game. Elsewhere, another interesting game uh, over in uh, A&M on College Station as Alabama holds on to beat A&M 26-20 in a big ball game. And uh, you wonder if the uh, Crimson Tide might have found themselves. A lot of people thought maybe this might be upset city with A&M, but Alabama doing a good job during the course of the game as uh, they hold on to beat uh, the Aggies by a score of 26-20 uh, to 20 in that game. And uh, you could see uh, some of the excitement by the Aggie fans a little down right then and there. But uh, uh, we'll see how Alabama does with their remaining uh, – uh, six, seven games. Elsewhere, Kentucky showed why they're number one, and they let out all their cards. There were a lot of people feeling that maybe uh, Kentucky could uh, maybe beat uh, uh, Georgia in this game, but Georgia hammers them 51-13, to jumped out to an early lead, and then uh, just Katie bore the door as they go on to win big and going to remain uh, probably the number one team in the country. Elsewhere, Michigan downs uh, Minnesota 52-10 to as the uh, Wolverines just keep rolling. Uh, right now, there's going to be arguments uh, about uh, who should be number one as Michigan showing their wares right now. Elsewhere, in one of the craziest games that happened over the weekend, all the Miami Hurricanes have to do is kneel down in the last minute or so of the ball game. They got the game one. They're running the ball off uh, off the uh, guards and tackles and uh, running back for the Hurricanes. Fumbles the football. Georgia Tech gets it, goes down and scores uh, to beat uh, uh, Miami uh, by the score of 23 to 20. And just one of the great, you wonder what uh, Crystal Ball was thinking uh, late in the game by just taking a knee in the victory uh, formation. And uh, with that, they fumble the ball. And Georgia Tech comes up with it and uh, goes on to win the ball game, 23 to 20, uh, late, and uh, just an unbelievable game uh, in that regard. And the Miami faithful have got to knocking themselves in the head. And see, Cristobal uh, said of not taking a knee, not going to make an excuse uh, for it, and say uh, we should have done this or that. Uh, that's it. We should have done it. Sometimes you get carried away with just finish the game and. Run it! I should have stepped in and said, "Hey, just take a knee." Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, that's what he had to do. Then the late game—I tried to watch a little bit of this game, uh, but I went to bed uh, during later on. As USC had to hang on to beat Arizona, the Wildcats, by a score of forty-three to forty-one in three overtimes. And uh, the suspect the USC defense is just that. I think uh, Caleb Williams can uh, put points on the board, but. 
you know, he scores 43 points, and they, they've got to hold off an Arizona, Arizona Wildcat team. It's not really good. They're not bad, but they, they put up 41 as USC's got, you know, once you're into overtime uh, and after the first, second period, you got to just go for two-point tries. Uh, USC made theirs. Arizona didn't. And uh, USC comes out with a 43-41 to 41 win. And uh, you wonder if uh, – Southern Cal uh, just defense can help them uh, at one time during the course of the year. And, uh, of course, Caleb Williams can probably put up 40 points in most games. Of course, the week before or maybe two weeks before, they beat uh, they beat Colorado. What, uh, 48-41 as Colorado scored 14 points uh, late in the game to make it close, uh, 48-41. So, uh, with that. But in the meantime, um, uh, college football uh, – here, uh, we're still about halfway during the year uh, for college football, so um, we'll see how things uh, turn out in the meantime. But uh, uh, it looks like uh, Georgia showed they can score and beat a good team in Kentucky, who uh, I believe the week before had uh, down Florida. So, uh, But Florida coach uh, Billy Napier won over the weekend, too, as they down Vanderbilt, who had beat them last year and uh, cries uh, the, for Napier at scalp sometime last year. But in the meantime, uh, he goes on to win uh, with Kobe, Billy Napier in that uh, game. Anyway, Jeff, um, just about uh, time uh, to take a uh, uh, break here, commercial break here on uh, Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Monday, uh, uh, October the 9th. And uh, we'll have uh, Coach Ryan Antoine on with his Westgate Tigers talking about his uh, big game Friday night against uh, Turlings Catholic, uh, which uh, Westgate came out in the short end of the score. So you're listening to Bayou Sports here on FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back hopefully with Coach uh, Ryan Antoine right after this. Jacob Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is uh, head football coach Ryan Antoine. Good morning, coach, and uh, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, coach, uh, of course you traveled, uh, I believe, up to uh, Turlings uh, to play the uh, Turlings Catholic uh, in a big ball game. And, uh not kind of scoring game how uh, things turned out the way you wanted it to. Could you maybe give our listeners a little uh, update of what took place uh, this past uh, Friday night? Of course, your star quarterback missing the game. But uh, uh, just, uh, of course, you got another big game coming up this Friday. And um, if you give us a little synopsis of what took place uh, Friday, uh, we'd appreciate it for our listeners. Yeah, uh, I say tough ball game, tough loss against um Cooperative ball club in in, in Terrence Catholic. Uh, when I there and you know, like I say, we, we kind of 
played a little left-handed with a, with a, with a different quarterback. But nevertheless, we, I think we played well. Ran for over 300 yards Friday night. Uh, just couldn't, at, at times, couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Uh, first, they, they scored on us first. We, we actually drove down the field on the 13-play drive. Uh, ended up having an interception and throwing the ball. Uh, quarterback was throwing the ball away, and guy from Sterling made a play and intercepted, intercepted the pass while that, while that was going on. <clears throat> um, and then, like I said, they came back and hit us on a couple big plays and scored the first op- scored the opening touchdown on us. We came back right after that and you know went on another big drive and scored a touchdown on them made to make it seven seven and stayed that kind of ball game for a while. Uh, and then um, right before half, we threw an a interception uh, for a touchdown and made it 14-7 at half. <clears throat> and then, um, like I say, they came back out at halftime and scored another touchdown to make it 21-7, but then we scored to make it 21-14, trying try to onside kick. Thought, thought we had it, but uh, didn't recover it. And then, um, like I said, they, they came back and scored on a couple other big plays and Threw another interception for a touchdown. Quarterbacks were throwing four touchdowns. I mean, sorry, four interceptions Friday night. But even even still with that, it felt like you know he showed some some good things. Turles, you know, just made his cap made it, made some um, capitalized on some of our mistakes. Tobias Garden ran the ball real well for us. Ran for over 200 yards again and two touchdowns. Um, but I mean, like I said we just I just felt like you know we did a good job of giving Turles the game. Uh, we beat ourselves pretty bad Friday night. But like they turned the ball over, I made some mistakes coaching wise. But we just got to get better as as a program. Like say, there's no more you know shortcuts, no more you know no more easy victories, all that type of stuff. We just got to go out there and play. You know, we got guys down, but that's not an excuse. You know, we got to do a better job. I got to do a better job, and you know, we'll get better this week when we play North Virginia on Thursday. Yeah, Coach, uh, I know uh, having your uh, star quarterback, Jabari Antoine, out, uh, you know, as you mentioned, four interceptions. I uh, uh, don't know if uh, Jabari would have done that. But uh, just a, a tough game, uh, you know, I'm, I'm running for, like you said, 300 yards uh, and uh, with turnovers uh, kind of uh, negate uh, some of the rushing uh, yardage you had. But uh, with that, you got another big game this week, another big district game as we're in the district uh, as you uh, will take on North Vermillion uh, here at home uh, this coming uh, uh, Thursday. Fr- Thursday night. Uh, uh, the, is, that, uh, is that what I have here? Yes. Uh, with that, uh, could you give our listeners a little bit uh, about uh, – uh, North Vermillion, what they will bring to you and what kind of offense and defense schemes they'll uh, show you? Uh, North Vermillion Sound Ball Club, um, not as tough as the Turners, STMLCA, uh, are, you know, some of the few teams that we played so far. But still, you know, a quality ball club went to the quarterfinals last year in the playoffs. Uh, they run a wing tee on offense and they're more of a 3-3 stack uh, defense, uh, you know, um, so – once again, it's still, you know, we, we got to go out there and play. We got to go out there and execute. Like I said, it's homecoming. So, you know, there's a lot of distractions going on. And, you know, kids want to have fun and do some different things. But like we tell our kids all the time, there's still a football game to be played. So you got to stay focused on that. You know, people are coming and watch that. Then you can, they can, you know, we can celebrate in the festivities and do the homecoming dance and the homecoming thing, you know, after, um, you know, the game's over. So it's just keeping our kids focused, keeping our kids understanding that. We got bigger fish to fry, and, you know, we got a postseason honors that we're playing for. So let's make sure we focus on that and not put ourselves in a position to where we may hinder some of those things. There you go. You mentioned homecoming. Uh, any other homecoming activities um, you can tell us about? Um, like I said, I know we play a JV game on Tuesday, um, and I know there's a homecoming parade um, down Main Street on Wednesday, uh, you know, for the community to come out and support the kids. Um, and I know that, like I said, the game's on Thursday and the homecoming dance is on Friday. When, Those when, are the biggest things I know. When they moved the game to Thursday, did they take homecoming into account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. When like the referees kind of basically kind of tell you, okay, coach, these are some of the games. The Evander game, well, I think was was supposed to be moved to Thursday, but with Evander coming all the way down from Shreveport, I didn't want to have to do that to you know, to uh, Coach Duran and those guys on the school night. And that's tough, you know, going back and forth to Shreveport, you know, on on the school night, and then you know having to go to school that Friday, so. Uh, I told him to find another game, and I was on the spot we had open was the North Virginia game. So I uh, talked to the North Virginia coach. We agreed, and now we're playing it on Thursday. There you go. So, again, uh, what do you think the keys to victory are uh, Thursday? Um, I mean, we've been running the football well, um, but, I mean, everybody knows that. Um, like I said, Tobias Garden has over 1,000 yards 
want to say 15, 16 touchdowns in five games or six games, um, people go key to run. We got to show that we can throw the ball a little bit. I think we threw for five yards uh, Friday night and four interceptions. So we definitely we practiced yesterday working on some pass concepts, you know, some simple reads for uh, BJ and, and for Peyton to, make, to throw. And, you know, we feel like, you know, we, if we can just complete some simple balls and have people respect our pass game a little bit, you know, that'll open up our run even more. I feel like we play, you know, better defensively. Just got to stop eliminating the big plays, and that's something that, you know, we, we we talked about and we emphasized. And just don't go out there and lay an egg, and I feel like we should be okay. Now, Coach, uh, with that, uh, how, you know, other than the bumps and bruises you have during the course of the year, how's the uh, the rest of your team with regards to any injuries? Uh, I mean, you know, typical week seven, you know, injuries. The guys, everybody's kind of banged up a little bit with a groin, a hamstring, you know, a soreness here, bumps, bruises, you know, whatever. So it's just kind of, you know, the – the ebbs and flows of, of a football season. You know, we, right now we're just trying to do our best to keep guys healthy, not practicing as hard or as long as we did at the beginning of the year. You know, just being a little bit smart about it, holding guys out to keep them fresh. Um, you know, like I said, because I understand that, you know, we want to play a little bit longer than, you know, just the regular season. So we just got to be ready for it. And, I mean, yeah, guys are kind of banged up a little bit, but I think we'll be okay. Anyway, okay, Coach, uh, with that, uh, of course, big game uh, homecoming uh, Thursday night, uh, taking off North Vermillion and uh, wing, uh, as you mentioned, a wing team. Uh, uh, a little different defensive uh, alignments for you uh, to watch that uh, offense work. But uh, anyway, Coach, uh, good luck to you uh, this coming uh, Thursday night in a big homecoming uh, game, and uh, I'm sure uh, we'll have a lot to talk about uh, next Monday at this time. All right, thank you, guys. Coach, thank you. Appreciate it, and uh, again, Westgate, uh, tough tough loss there. Uh, hopefully they can rebound against North Vermillion, uh, and just one more opportunity to get the other quarterbacks uh, uh, better prepared for uh, the game. Yeah, Jabari Antoine's probably one of the finer athletes uh, as a junior in the state of Louisiana, too, and at one time I saw in some recruiting services uh, – when he went down with an injury, he was uh, the number one player in the state uh, uh, for next year as a senior, and that would be the uh, year of 2024. So a big loss, and as he mentioned, you know, uh, uh, they ran for th- 300 yards, but four interceptions uh, kind of negates those yardage, too, uh, with turnovers. It shuts out your opportunity to put points on the board. But uh, Westgate Tigers, uh, um, big game this week, and still have a couple more big games yeah. left on their schedule as they uh, they got to face uh, after North Vermillion, La- LCA, Lafayette Christian, St. Thomas Moore, and then they'll end their uh, – season over in uh, Lafayette at Northside taking on the Vikings. So At uh, least they have those two tough – well, this week's game obviously at home, but both LCA and St. Thomas Moore at home, so – uh, you hope uh, you get a little home field advantage. Yeah, boy, you're right about that. In the meantime, Jeff, some other high school action as the Catholic High Panthers journey to uh, Youngsville to take on Ascension Episcopal, and they come out on the short end of a score of 30-17. to 17. Uh, We'll have uh, Coach uh, uh, Matt Desimo on this evening with uh, the CHS Coaches Show to talk a little bit about that game as the Panthers, uh, who had been playing pretty well, too, uh, as of late, uh, go down in their first district game uh, to a Ascension Episcopal, uh, the Blue Gators, uh, and uh, we'll have uh, some more information on that tonight with the CHS Coaches Show. Three interceptions in that game uh, didn't help at all, uh, although uh, Luke threw for 154 yards those three INTs. uh, Yeah, and uh, just uh, a game that uh, to keep the Panthers rolling, they won four in a row after an opening season loss to Vermilion Catholic. Uh, meantime, uh, other scores, a game that surprised me when I saw the final score come up uh, late Friday night was Generette beat Hanson Memorial uh, by the score of 28-26. to 26. So hats off to the Generette Tigers as they now, I think, uh, with only one loss on the year, uh, are looking pretty good. Of course, they'll have a big ball game uh, against Vermillion Catholic later on and uh, with that. Uh, but elsewhere, Lauraville, uh just uh, put a number on uh, West St. Mary by a score of 47 to 20, and that was a game uh, we had done here on Kane Radio, Jeff, and maybe you can expound upon well, it, a little it was bit a, of that game. Yeah, it was a tight game, uh, 14 to 14, despite um, West St. Mary had only 26 yards on offense in the first half, the, the total first half, but they had scored uh, on a unique uh, play, a punt that didn't, go past the line of scrimmage was recovered by West St. Mary and apparently he was the only player in the stadium who knew he could run for a touchdown 
everybody else just stopped, and all of a sudden he's like, uh, he even put the ball down, and then he realized, I can pick this ball up and run with it, and he scores a touchdown, tying the game at 14 at that point. Things looked a little dire for Lauraville, but then they uh, just turned on the engines and uh, really cruised with St. Mary with a late touchdown that um, obviously uh, didn't matter that much at the time. But, uh, no, Lowerville put it together. Uh, Hayden Benoit had struggles. He had some struggles throwing the ball, but some of the good throws he made were dropped. Uh, but then they got that passing game in sync late in the first half and through the second half. Uh, Lowerville looked pretty good, um, albeit not a great uh, first uh, 18 minutes or so of that game. Anyway, some other scores in the area. Uh, Delcom uh, took on Franklin, and Franklin uh, – of course, Artie uh, Lauza with a young, really young team. Franklin beat them 51 to nothing in that ball game, too, uh, uh, with that. Uh, so, um, of course, uh, Delcom, uh, the Panthers have another big game this this weekend. Uh, meanwhile, uh, some other games. Uh, game we'll have. Yeah, Delcom yes. at Catholic High. That's right. And it's homecoming for Catholic Friday. High, too, Friday night. So, with that, uh, I, I remember seeing a Nish score. Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, they took on. Uh, that was Thursday night, Opelousas. Yeah, that's uh, right. 42 that, to 13. That is correct. Uh, that Thursday night game. Of course, uh, the Jackets uh, looking for their first win this year, uh, trying to get things going for them. Uh, meanwhile, uh, some other scores uh, from uh, coaches that used to be in our area. As uh, Coach Brent Indes uh, gets beat by Salmon, I think it was 21-14 to 14, uh, in that. Uh, but re- remarkable about that, uh, Coach Indes having a rough year. Not sure what his squad uh, has uh, going for them last year. I think they went 7-3 and three during the regular season, uh, or 8-2 and two possibly. But uh, right now, 1-4 on the year. And uh, they had a bye week last week. They played Salmon uh, and got beat 21-14. That's the first district loss by uh, uh, Lakeshore in five years. So I don't know what kind of heat Coach Indes is taking uh, uh, for that from uh, the uh, Titan faithful up on in Mandeville, uh, Covington area. Elsewhere, uh, another former coach, uh, Catholic High, uh, Scott Watney. Uh, he, I don't know what uh, he's rejuvenated his Holy Cross team. This Holy Cross team last year won only three ball games. Well, right now he's, uh, uh, I want to say, 6-0. and They hammered. I'm talking hammered St. Augustine. Uh, uh, I want to say last Friday night or uh, Saturday maybe. It was a Saturday game. Yeah. It was 55-30. to uh, 30. As his squad is putting up points left and right. Of course, the big win they had last week against John Curtis as they beat John Curtis late in the game on a two-point try with the clock out, 42-41. to 41. So congratulations uh, to uh, Coach Scott Watney as his ball club right now just playing lights out. They're uh, 6-0 on the year with four games left to play. Have already beaten Rummel, Jesuit, and St. Aug. Still have to play. Rummel, by the way, beat Curtis uh, in overtime That's right. Friday. That's right. So Curtis goes down again and that went uh, before a Holy Cross beat them. They were the number one ranked team in 5A in the state, I do believe. So, anyway, high school action is quite interesting right now. We're going to have uh, uh, Bob Rose on up in our next segment. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Bob Rose right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to answer to pain 
Com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the Shadow. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangro, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is uh, SI.com Saints beat reporter uh, Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob, and welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. I hope everybody is doing pretty well. I know it's uh, chilly and dreary up here in the Northeast. Well, it's it's got a little uh, coolness here also when that – battling 95 degree heat but uh we woke up this morning temperatures were in the mid to low 50s in our area and high today probably sometime around 80 but in the meantime uh the big news the saints play um could you say a complete ball game yesterday i tell you what it was pretty it was pretty darn close uh the you know the pre-snap penalties are something this team has got to fix especially on offense uh but it, it was it was by far the most crisp performance we've seen in all three facets of the game for this team not only this year but yeah you have to you have to go back a long ways to find a, a more complete victory yeah, the Saints are uh, dominant with time of possession. Uh, the Patriots didn't have a chance to score because they only had the ball for 20 minutes in the ball game. Meanwhile, the Saints controlled the ball for almost 40 minutes, had 304 yards, gave up only 156. We all felt that Saints' defense was going to be pretty good, and they've shown that so far this year. But uh, the offense just uh, hadn't been putting points on the board. And when you score less than 20 points, there's a good chance you can go down to defeat uh, in any game during the uh, NFL season yeah for sure and uh you know, even though you know, again this is a, i hate the nitpick uh i did not like the way the saints went overly conservative midway through the third quarter uh you know granted they had a three and then four score lead uh but i i'd like to see a better killer instinct from them uh but like you said they they moved the ball well they possessed it they made the plays they had to to keep drives going and put points on the scoreboard. But make no mistake, this you know, this victory was on the shoulders uh, of a very, very dominant defensive performance. Yeah, that it is. And, you know, when you look back on it, uh, uh, New England, just uh, they just don't have it right now. They uh, Just looking at some of the numbers uh, during the game, New England was one out of 14 on third down. The Saints were five out of 15. And they were, New England was 0 for 2 on fourth down. Uh, the one big glaring stat, as you mentioned a little earlier, was the Saints had 12 penalties for, I believe, uh, 86 yards. And our fine left tackle uh, was caught uh, holding twice. And I believe uh, he had a couple procedure penalties against him, at least two, possibly three. And as you mentioned, that's something 12 penalties in a tight ball game is going to cost you a game. Yeah, it absolutely will. And uh, you, know, you you bring up a great point about you know, let's look at reality. The Patriots aren't exactly in the top echelon of teams in the NFL. Uh, you know, but you, you can only beat who is on your schedule, right? Uh, you know, and you know, anytime you get a road win in the NFL, uh, you know, it's particularly tough. And you know, the, the Saints needed a confidence boost after two straight somewhat ugly losses uh you know, so they did their job they got back in the win column and hopefully they could take a little, a little bit of momentum away from this and you know gives gives players uh on both sides a confidence boost yeah that uh Kamara you know carries it 22 times for 80 yards uh Miller who looked pretty good at times uh, yesterday 12 carries for 37 yards he also caught 
four passes for 53 yards. Uh, Michael Thomas uh, made a couple nice catches during the game along with uh, Olive. Uh, he had two catches for only 12 yards. But a score, Thomas, uh, four for 65, was targeted seven times along with Miller was targeted. He caught four out of four. So uh, Shahid uh, also two receptions for 28 yards. And uh, the Saints finally had a, some sort of a rushing game. But like you mentioned, uh, New England uh, – not one of the pillars of the, uh, I guess, uh, league uh, as at one time, just as little as four and five, six years ago. Uh, Coach Belichick has to be scratching his noggin right now. And uh, <laughs> uh, the Saints, of course, have another big game. Uh, they're going to be on the road, I believe, this uh, weekend as they travel to Houston, I do believe, to take on a Texas team that uh, play, is playing pretty well with C.J. Stroud. Late, yeah, late they are. I... In the second half yesterday, they – Looked like they were going to dominate against Atlanta, and then uh, before you knew it, Atlanta won that game. Yeah, and that's just it. You know, the Texans are such a young team. I personally like the way they're building their franchise. Uh, you know, they they have some nice pieces in place. They're playing young. You know, they are young. They're playing fast and aggressive, uh, but. One of the marks is a young team from a young team is the inability to put teams away when you have a chance to to seal a victory, and that's what we saw. That's what you pointed out, you know, yesterday against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, when when they dominated on the stat sheet most of the game, uh, you know, they they seemed to have the Falcons right where they wanted them. They just couldn't make the plays to put them away. So, uh, you know, that's something that the Saints are going to have to combat. Uh, you know, a, a fast and aggressive team. Uh, but maybe a team, you know, maybe a team due to their inexperience and youth that are going to make some mistakes and you know give New Orleans an opportunity to capitalize. You know, I I, I don't know if it was just me, but uh, I, I noticed Cam Jordan yesterday, and I don't know if I really noticed him uh, in those first four games as well as the defense played for the most part. Uh, I thought Cam Jordan stepping up yesterday seemed to maybe make a difference. Yeah, Cam was one of the keys to the game. I mean, you know, Carl Granderson gets my defensive star, no no question about it. Uh, but Cam was every bit as disruptive on the other side. And you're right. It's not that Cam has played poorly through the first four games. Uh, you know, especially, I think it was the Green Bay game where he was in the Packers' backfield a lot. Uh, you know, he just he wasn't able to finish plays. He was a, a quarter or a half second uh, you know, slow, and you know that can make all the difference in the world. You know, when you're talking about an NFL level performance, uh, but we saw Cam really come through yesterday. Uh, you know, shared a sack with Tano Passanio, uh, recovered a fumble, uh, was in on some key run stops and some other vital, you know, crucial pressures during the day. Uh, I, I'm not worried about Cam at all. Uh, you know, he says himself, "Hey, sometimes sacks come in bunches or big plays come in bunches." Uh, you know, may, maybe the light kind of went on for him for the 2023 season going forward well uh bob with uh the saints uh traveling to houston uh the next sunday uh 12 o'clock kickoff against a two and three uh houston texas team uh uh and you know they like you said they are a young team but uh they the, believe it or not the saints have a, a two and a half point pick in that game uh i'm trying to see uh the over and under in that game, I don't see it's 40. It's 40, yeah. Yeah, 40 is the over and mm-hmm. under uh, with the Saints, a two-and-a-half-point pick. Uh, but the Saints, as you mentioned, has to clean up uh, some of those procedure penalties along with uh, some holding calls. Uh, need to clean that up. And uh, who knows, uh, with the Saints' defense against a, a rookie quarterback uh, who's played pretty well, if my memory serves me right. Yeah, C.J. Stroud. I'm very impressed with him. Uh, you know, so far this year, uh, you know, not not only in his athleticism, uh, you know, but he has the arm to hit every NFL throw. He's processing defenses at a surprisingly efficient level. Uh, you know, considering he's only what played you know now five professional games. You know, so the Saints cannot take this young man for granted. Uh, you know, the Texans have a very talented uh, you know running game as well to kind of balance out their offense and support their rookie quarterback a little bit uh you know they're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to pressure him uh you know cj stroud get him on the ground force rush decisions uh you know that maybe they can convert into a couple of mistakes 
Yeah, with that, of course, uh, as I mentioned, they come in two and three. Uh, they opened the year losing to Baltimore 25-9. They uh, then came back and lost to Indianapolis uh, in uh, Houston 31-20. Uh, they beat Jacksonville 37-17 to at Jacksonville. Then they beat Pittsburgh at home 30-6. to And, of course, the game against Atlanta this past weekend where a late field goal Baku ended up uh, beating the Texans uh, 21 to 19, but uh, they've got to, you know, they can play and uh, they're averaging uh, 23 points a game. Uh, of course, even with that uh, uh, scoring only nine points in their opener, but uh, they can put points on the board. And I think the Saints defense, uh, along with the offense, has to clean up some of those uh, penalties and uh, see what transpires over in Reliance Stadium over in Houston. Yeah, they absolutely need to. And, you know, the, the worst thing you can do against a young team, uh, you know, is allow them to stay in the game early, either through your own mistakes or through big plays of their own. Uh, because doing so will allow that inexperienced team, such as Houston, to gain some confidence throughout the game. And, you know, they, I, I think Houston is going to be a tough out for a lot of teams this year anyway. Uh, you know, now you're going into their place, like you said. Uh, you know, the, the Saints need to come out with the same kind of momentum that they played with against the Patriots, uh, you know, and hopefully jump on top of Houston early, uh, you know, and then just, you know, I, I, again, you know, it's hard to, I feel like I'm nitpicking, you know, we're talking about a 34 to nothing victory, uh, but I'd still like to see New Orleans show a, a more aggressive killer instinct when they have a team on the ropes. Uh, you know, the, the defense showed that to me yesterday, uh, but the, you know, the, the offense I thought went into a little bit of a shell about halfway through the third period. You can't, you normally can't get away with doing that on the road. You open the door for a potential comeback, uh, you know, by the other team. And, you know, and, and again, like you pointed out, Houston has some playmakers and they aren't going to be, I think they're a better team than the Patriots. And I fully expect the Texans to give the Saints all they can handle. You know, Alvin Kamara, just his second game back yesterday. How much do you think he improved from uh, his first uh, to the second game? Boy, I tell you, Kamara looks fast, doesn't he? Uh, I mean, you know, he's always a fast player anyway. Uh, you know, and you know, the one thing I have always loved about Alvin Kamara is his vision and his balance. Uh, I thought that he his timing, Alvin's timing was a little bit off against Tampa Bay. Uh, he, he seemed to get that timing a lot more down pat yesterday against New England. Uh, you know, Pete Carmichael didn't try to utilize Alvin in space yesterday like we saw last week, uh, you know, like we saw him try to do last week against Tampa Bay. Uh, but you know, Alvin, Alvin's 97 all-purpose yards and you know, 80 yards on the ground, they, they were hard-earned. Uh, you know, and he, he looks like he's playing with a chip on his shoulder and like he's got something to prove right now. I love the leadership qualities that Alvin is showing, and that's the one thing that we heard from him and saw from him this past week. Uh, a, a lot more vocal than what we're used to seeing from Alvin Kamara, uh, you know, and maybe he's just kind of taking that leadership role uh, you know, a lot more seriously for this offense. And you know, he, he's going to be a focal point of the attack moving forward, as he should be. I couldn't believe it that uh, his uh, 72 touchdowns is the most by a Saint player now. Mm -hmm. And and as Marcus Colston said, heck, he's, he's really just beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, you know, Colson's one of this franchise's all-time greats. Uh, but you know, Alvin managed to pass him up in total touchdowns in only 90 games. 73 scores, you know, 72 on the offensive end in 90 games. That speaks for itself. And, you know, uh, you know Alvin's, what, only seven years in the league now, takes great care of himself. Uh, you know, doesn't look like he's lost a step at all. You know, if anything, he's gotten faster. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I think... It, I I think Alvin has a long and productive career still ahead of him. I agree with Colston. Yeah, and thank you for correcting me on the the number. Colston had 72, and then Kamara got his 73rd yesterday. And I I can't believe it's been – this is his seventh season. uh, For some reason that uh, I, I thought it was more like five, but I'm sure you're right. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, 2017 draft pick, uh, and you know, obviously only five games into his seventh season. Uh, but you're right; it doesn't feel like he's been around that long. Uh, you know, and and he's still a young man. I mean, he's 29, going on 30, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and yeah, as long as he continues to take good care of his body, like he does, and I mean, his training training regimen is unbelievably, uh, you know, brutal. Uh, and Hopefully, Alvin can continue to avoid major injuries. I knock on wood when I say that. Uh, you know, he's dealt with some minor injuries through his career so far, but nothing really major or debilitating. Uh, you know, and he's still rapidly moving up the career franchise list in several other categories. Real good. Bob, uh, as always, appreciate you joining us on these Monday mornings. Uh, remind us again how we can read and see your work. Guys, thanks as always for having me. Brighten my Mondays just a little bit. I hope I can do the same for everybody else. Uh, in the meantime, folks, you can follow me. I'm over on Facebook, Bob Rose, R-O-S-E. I'm on Twitter, at Bobby R2613. All of my work, uh, I post not only on my personal pages, but also through the Saints News Network, the SI.com team page for the New Orleans Saints. And please check out our show. Uh, Brendan Boylan and myself do a live show every Wednesday night. It's called the Buy you blitz podcast you can catch it on youtube or facebook and we go live at 8 p.m central time real good bob always a pleasure we'll look forward to talking to you next monday hopefully after a saints win sounds great have a great week gentlemen yeah, yeah too, thank man. you bob uh of course as always uh bob rose uh with his saints report each monday and uh, saints head to houston uh jeff with that uh time to take another break head to our fourth segment got a couple more things to talk about along with major league baseball and today in sports history you listen to bayou sports here on kane radio fm 107.5 and am 1240 we'll be right back Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to AnswerToPain.com. Athletic Field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, October the 9th. Uh, just a quick snapshot of what's going on in Major League Baseball. You know, three teams won 100 games this year. The Braves won 104, the Orioles won 101, the Dodgers won 100. Well, so far this postseason, they've won zero. Anyway, amazing. And where it stands right now, of course, the uh, Rangers uh, uh, lead to two games to none over the Orioles. Texas won game one, three to two, despite striking out 16 times. They won game two uh, yesterday, uh, 11 to eight, thanks in part to drawing 11 walks. 
Baltimore will have to win both games in Arlington to send the series back home for a decisive fifth game. Elsewhere, the Astros and Twins are tied up at one apiece, one game apiece. Houston won game one, six to four behind Justin Verlander's Jim and two homers from slugger Jordan Alvarez. Meanwhile, Minnesota even the series on yesterday with a 62 win behind uh, seventh scoreless innings from righty Pablo uh, Lopez. Elsewhere, over in the National League, the Phillies lead the Braves one game to none. Atlanta hadn't been shut out at home, you ready, since August of 2021. And naturally, the Phillies blanked them 3 nothing in their opener. Elsewhere, the Diamondbacks are 1-0 over the Dodgers as Arizona crushed their NL Big Brother brother 11 to 2 as Clayton Kershaw became the first pitcher in postseason history to allow five hits and five runs before recording a single out I, I turned on the game in the second inning and it was seven to nothing and I said I'm done here and I moved on to the football game you know back to a football game I could not believe that Kershaw got beat up that bad and it's just amazing to uh as Clayton but you know he's had a history in postseason play of of getting knocked around a little bit uh, throughout his career, but uh, just a fabulous pitcher for the Dodgers for the last ten eleven years. Anyway, just another little tidbit uh, to bring you up. They they had the Chicago Marathon yesterday, and uh, literally a century ago, no human ever run a marathon under two hours and thirty minutes. Now uh, the new world record, uh, Kelvin Kipton, uh, shattered the men's marathon on uh, Sunday, winning the Chicago Marathon in two hours and thirty five seconds to eclipse the former record by Kenyan Alud uh, Kipchoge by 34 seconds. His average pace in a mile was four, four minutes and 36 seconds. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. The, the, the first four-minute mile was pretty amazing. To string 26 at 4.35, you said? Yeah. That, that's amazing. Anyway, an average 5K pace of 14 minutes, 17 seconds. And his rapid rise, this uh, young man, of course, from Kenya, has run just three career marathons and all in the last 10 months and posted three of the six fastest times ever last December. In uh, Spain, he ran one in two hours, one minute, 53 seconds. And in April, he won the London Marathon in two hours, one minute, 25 seconds. And there, there's a debate out there now about the shoe technology that ignited a debate in recent years as an innovation fuels faster and faster times. He was Kipton was wearing a prototype of the Nike Alpha Fly 3 set to be released to consumers in early 2024. And Kipchoge is the only uh, athlete known to have broken the two-minute hour barrier. However, uh, the 159.40 second mark in 2019 came on a, an event in Vienna. It wasn't uh, not a run uh, uh, recorded eligible race, but I mean, when you look at that, uh, the two-minute barrier for 26 miles, 385 yards is set to be broken. That's just amazing. Four hours and they got people can't run a four-hour, 36-mile who are running in college. You know mm-hmm. that's amazing too. Anyway, today in sports history on this date, uh, October the ninth in 1905, it's the first league-sanctioned World Series uh, begins as the New York Giants beat Philadelphia A's uh, three to nothing in Game One at Columbia Park. Meanwhile, in 1909 on this date, Ty Cobb steals home in a World Series game. And you know Ty Cobb is great as a player he was. I don't think he ever won the World Series uh, or a championship. I could be wrong about that. They had played, the Tigers played in 08 and 09, I think against the Cubs and some others. And I don't think uh, Ty Cobb ever won a World Series. I could be wrong on that. Also in 1910, uh, Nap Lawage, uh challenged Ty Cobb at batting average for the season. He gets eight hits and six were bunts while the uh, St. Louis Browns third baseman, Red Corrigan, was playing deep, and Cobb ended up still winning the title. So that's how much Cobb was disliked in Major League Baseball. Anyway, also on this date, 1915, Woodrow Wilson becomes the first U.S. president to attend a World Series game. Also on this date, 1919, the Cincinnati Reds beat the White Sox, of course, in the famous Black Sox scandal series, 10-5 to at Comiskey Park for a 5-3 to series victory due to the Black Sox scandal, as I mentioned. It's the last World Series to take place without the commissioner of baseball in place. It was also, I think, the last World Series to go nine games. I could be wrong about that. Elsewhere in 1921, Babe Ruth's first World Series homer, uh, only uh, on a Sunday game pitched by Carl Mays of the Giants. Elsewhere in 1928, uh, the Yankees beat the Cardinals 7-3 in Sportsmith Park, become the first to sweep consecutive World Series plays. Babe Ruth 
11th, had three homers in that series. Of course, the year before, uh, I think they beat the 27 Yankees, beat the Pirates four games to none. Elsewhere on this date, 1934, the World Series, St. Louis Cardinals route Detroit Tigers 11 to nothing up in uh, Nevin Field, uh, Tiger Stadium up in uh, Detroit to clinch the series four games uh, to three in their third championship. I think uh, in that game, uh, the Cardinals left fielder uh, by the name of uh, uh, oh, it escapes me. He had to be pulled off the field because the fans in Detroit out in the outfield were throwing all kind of thing garbage at him, lettuce, tomatoes, cans. He had earlier slid in the third base and uh, hurt one of the Tigers' third basemen. So Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis had him removed from the game to protect him. Elsewhere in this date in 1938, Cleveland Rams. That's right, the Cleveland Rams and the Chicago Bears play one of only four penalty-free games in NFL history. The Rams win the game 14-7 uh, to at Cleveland Stadium. Elsewhere on this date in 1940. 44, the only World St. Louis World Series. Cardinals beat the Browns 3-1 at Sportsman's Park for a four-games-to-two series victory. Also in this date in World Series 1949, the Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers 10-6 at Ebbets Field for four-games-to-one victory and starts the Yankees' run of five straight World Series titles. Also in this date, 1961, the Yankees win their 19th championship uh, at 4 one route of the Cincinnati Reds, 13-5 at Crosby Field in Game 5. Uh, MVP of the game, Whitey Ford, who set the all-time uh, scoreless streak up to our pitcher in World Series play. Elsewhere in this date, 1966, the Baltimore Orioles, formerly the St. Louis Browns, clinched their ch- first championship in franchise history as they edged the Dodgers one to nothing at Memorial Stadium for a four games to nothing sweep. MVP of the series, Orioles outfielder Frank Robinson. Also in this date, 1976, the Yankees' first AL championship game. They beat the Royals four to one. Elsewhere in this date, 1983, uh, in the NFL, Buffalo Bill quarterback and Shreveport native Joe Ferguson passes for 419 yards with five touchdowns, winning 38-35 to in overtime over the Dolphins in Miami. Elsewhere in this date, 1997, North Carolina's record-winning college basketball coach Dean Smith retires uh, from service. And, of course, he won a couple national championships, if my memory serves you right, both in New Orleans, too, at the Superdome. Birthdays today, born on this date way back in 1898, Joe Sewell. And the reason why I bring him up, he was the toughest man ever to strike out in baseball. He struck out every 168 at-bats in the major leagues. I think one year he only was struck out 11 times in the course of the year. Of course, he was born in Titus, Alabama. Uh, Joe Sewell passed away in 1990. Also born on this day, uh, the owner of the Dodgers uh, for many years in 1903, Walter O'Malley, executive owner of the Brooklyn and the Los Angeles Dodgers from 1950 to 1979, born in the Bronx, New York. Of course, he moved him out to Los Angeles in 58. Also born on this date, I can still see his wide eyes, uh, middle linebacker, born in 1959. Mike Singletary, born on this day in Houston, Texas. Of course, the uh, linebacker with the Chicago Bears for many years. Also, the quote of the day, I go to Dean Smith. He said, if you make every game in life a death proposition, you're going to have problems. For one thing, you'll be dead a lot. <laughs> As Dean Smith stated, of course, he won those national championships. Uh, Michael Jordan's uh, last second shot and also so the famous timeout called by the Michigan uh, Fabulous Five uh, to win that uh, national championship, both in the Superdome, by that way. Anyway, Jeff, that's today in sports history here on a big Monday, October the 9th. Real good. Monday night football tonight, uh, Las Vegas, Green Bay. We'll talk about that and more tomorrow. Big thanks to Ryan Antoine and Bob Rose joining us today. Terry Martin joins us tomorrow, tomorrow the uh, head coach at Lauraville, of course. Uh, we will uh, thank our sponsors, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Schwing Insurance Agency, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Headache and Pain Center, and Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep district number 49.